All right. Hey, everybody, come on in. Let's let everybody jump on in here. People are joining us now. Come on in. Who is here? Let's see our attendees. Alex, Ali, Blaine. There we go. Kathy, Danielle. Happy New Year, everybody. Come on in. It's the first episode of Cash Call for 2022. Aren't you so excited, Brian? I am excited. It's always nice to hit the reset button and get things moving moving forward. So yeah, it's uh, it's cool. It's 2022, and there's a lot of good things that are going to happen this year. And hopefully, uh, hopefully, we can help people have a better year. Nice. And you know what's awesome is I have a I have a call that was submitted by somebody who's actually on a call now, uh, whose name shall be uh, nameless unless they choose to uh, to note to uh, identify themselves. Uh, but you know we're going to actually be playing one of their live calls today. Uh, I don't know if we're going to end up taking up all the time between Brian and I, because you know how we can talk. But as we like to do, if you have any Q&A, if you have any specific scenarios that you want help with, there she identified herself. Thank you, Lori Harris said, please be kind. Uh, so thanks, Lori, to submitting the call. We will definitely check that out. She's a newer ISA in the Texas area, so more than happy to help her with this. Um, if you have any questions, submit them at the end if you want real help here live from brian and myself right brian um, let's do it you can go first or i'll go first whichever you prefer why don't you go first i'm interested to hear yours because you know this is a it's a it's a relatively newer technique uh that you have a call for that you want to play and so that i think you know would be great for us to review yeah, cool. Let me preface this a little bit and just say that a lot of people, including my team and, and a lot of the teams that I work with, have mo moved to what we call a showing partner model. Now, there's 17 different versions of that. We're not going to cover what all those are today. That's a, that's a whole other couple hours webinar. But this person uses showing partners, and uh, I'm going to demonstrate one of the absolute ways not to do it. And then hopefully we'll talk about some, some better approaches that you can take moving forward. Because a showing partner is a great opportunity to create leverage and work in your business. Business. But if you set it up the wrong way, then all you're doing is creating another opportunity to create friction between you and a potential client. So without any further ado, I'll go ahead and play this. Hello, uh, my name is Juan and uh, I was looking at a house that you guys have on, on Rolling Oaks. Yeah, uh, 1521 Rolling Oaks. Yes, and uh, I was wondering is there any way i could uh look at it tomorrow here let me let me check real quick um i was gonna go look at it with my father-in-law so let, let me ask him real quick what time he can meet me there sure now that's the lead saying the lead's gonna figure out what time right yes and i'm gonna fast forward to when the lead comes back okay the, and I would just want to say the answer there is yes. Absolutely. It's All always right. yes. All right, here we go. The lead should be back. All right, he said at nine. Okay, nine a.m. Yep, that's possible. Yep, sure is. Um, I will set that up right now. And looks like it's going show, so we're confirmed. Yeah, I uh, uh, will meet you out there at nine a.m. tomorrow. We'll take a look. So, so far, it sounds good. He's at an appointment, going to go do yeah. that. Theoretically, we can do some discovery, and then it turns sideways. Um, hey, by uh, the way, Juan, uh, I'm mm -hmm. Brandon Irvin. I'm with Curtis Realty Group. Okay. Uh, quick question, too. Uh, he's also wondering, um, 
Is there any way that you have any openings today to go see it? Yeah, probably so. If you give me a minute, let me uh, – I'm showing a phone number for you at 479-282-7434. Yes. Okay. Let me do this one. We have uh, we have five showing partners that work within our team. Uh, let me call okay. around and see which one of those will be able to show you this afternoon. Do you have a specific time in mind? Um, no. I mean, uh, if, if we can go look at it within the hour, that would be – that would be fine, but from there, I mean, just let me know when, whatever, whatever time they can. If not, uh, we're still scheduled at 9. Okay, cool. Yeah, so the sooner the better. Well, let me make some calls, and uh, I'm going to text you as soon as we hang up so you have my number. That way you can save it to answer my calls okay. or ignore, ignore them if you want to. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> right? Well, man, I'll get after yeah, it, and uh, I'll hit you guys right back. Okay. Let's dissect that one. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely when the guy, so we've got him booked for nine o'clock. Great. It all sounds good. Yes, we should have moved into discovery. The lead interrupted our ability to do that by saying, hey, stepfather or father wants to know if we can go today. Do we have availability today? Now, if I'm the ISA and I know I have three or five potential showing partners, which is great, plus myself, or if I'm an ISA and it's not going to be me, but I have what I meant is if I'm an agent and I know I have five showing partners plus potentially myself. Or if I'm an ISA, at least I still have those five showing partners or an agent, right? I don't need to tell the guy how the sausage gets made. I can just say, you know, mostly I can probably make that happen today. Now I'm going to roll into my discovery, right? Just get back to the discovery. We've already booked an appointment. He said, can we see it today? We probably, you know, I can probably make that happen or potentially. I think I might be able to do that, right? Just put that one on the back burner, roll on with my discovery so that if I do get into a position where I'm going to have to unfortunately tell him no, not today, at least I've gotten more rapport built and I, I understand more, you know, who, where, when, why, what, and how much around this person. Absolutely. And, and here's a couple other things that were also rung, rung true for me. When we talk about this, like, no, no real estate agent. No, I don't want to say no real estate agent. Someone's going to make me a liar. But most real estate agents would never say FISBO, right? They would say, oh, you have your house listed for sale by owner. Right. Showing partner is an industry term. Right. How in the heck, you know, this is, sounds like a younger kid. I'm not, not that, so probably not a lot of experience, probably not bought a house before. When you say a showing partner, what, what the hell is that? So a couple, a couple of things. First of all, if you are familiar with the industry, you're probably going to go, oh, you're going to send me somebody who's not as good. They're inexperienced. So, hey, here's the, here's the thing. Unfortunately, I don't have time today, but here's one of the great things about working with me. I've got 30 other people on my team, or I've got five other people that I work with. One of them, I'm sure, will probably be more than likely available to show you this property. Yeah. What time works for you? Um, well, as soon as possible. Well, why don't we do this? It's, it's 10 o'clock now. Why don't we shoot for one o'clock? Will that work for you? Great. All right. Yeah. I will, you know, get all that set up and then go into discovery. But yeah. first of all, why do I want to work with somebody who's not even going to show me the house? Now, right. you and I know why we don't, why that's not important, but the, the public doesn't. And we make an assumption that the public understands <clears> the process. <throat> that is a absolute recipe, recipe for disaster as far as I'm yeah. concerned. So 
teammate. And if you want to say partner, just say one of my partners. Hey, I've got five partners that I work with. We all work together for, you know, the common goal to make sure our clients get their, their needs met. Let me double check with them. I'm booked today, but I'm sure I can find one of them who can actually open the door. I'll still represent you and take care of you moving forward, but I want to make sure you get in this house today. It sounds like that's something that's important to you, isn't it? Yeah. You and, could, and uh, I, I, another phrase he could use is, yeah, you know, we're a team of six. Let me see who's available today at whatever time it is the guy asked for. Yeah. Real yeah. simple, right? Yeah, but stay away from, from industry nomenclature. You know, I was in the military. Everything was an acronym. People used to come and sit with us who weren't in the military. You know, me and my friends now look at us like we lost our mind because we didn't say words. We just talked in acronyms. Well, yeah. real estate's only this much better than that. So we've got to be careful that we're not getting caught up in, in that lingo. And here's the other thing about using a showing partner to me. If you're going to use a showing partner, make sure it's a value to the client, not a value to you. Right. And, and, but that's really what, well, you know, if I can find somebody who's going to show this thing, I'll, I'll be able to do that. That'll help me out. No. Hey, here's the great thing about working with us, blah, 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 blah. So yep. we've got to really focus. And this is anytime you're having a conversation with somebody trying to move them towards general persuasion, what's in it for them. Stop talking about what's in it for me. Yeah. You know, and, and that's so important. And, and that's true. Any conversation you're having, you talk to another agent, you're talking to a client, what's in it for them so that they make sure that they're understand, you know, that you're not just doing this for you. You're doing what's in their best interest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great. So yeah, I wanted to play that call because I don't think, you know, there's a lot of people who don't know what showing assistants are, how they're utilized, but it's a, it's a great tool that's being used a lot in our industry right now. So if you haven't heard about it, basically it's, paying someone per door or per hour or even some kind of commission um, yeah commission when the house sells to go and show property for you to their clients uh, so for for my buyer agents out there it's a fantastic way to leverage your time and be able to do more transactions well and to me it's arguably the biggest piece of it's the biggest lever that a buy uh, that a, someone who works mostly with buyers can pull and, and you know think about it so the average according to NAR the average person from the moment that you shake their hand to you get to closing it's 16 hours that's that's NAR statistic not mine but assuming that's true probably 10 to 12 of those hours are out showing property what if you didn't do that? How much more time would you have to lead generate? How much more time would you make sure your current transactions are going well? How much more time would you have to spend with your family and friends? So, you know, those of you who are against it, um, you know, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of it. Our showing partner who works for our entire team, not one agent, showed over 700 houses her first year. That's crazy. Absolutely. Can you disclose what your showing partner made? I don't know. I haven't done a 10 or 1099 yet. Um, probably in the range of 60 to 70 grand. Nice. Look at that, man. Fantastic. Good for her. And listen, it, you know, when it benefits, that sounds like a huge benefit for everyone involved, right? I can't tell you. And, you know, if you notice, that was actually an agent on my team. He said, I've got five showing partners. Why is that? Well, because one of the things that we do, we have a team showing partner. That's all they do. Then we also have newer agents or any agent who says, hey, maybe I didn't, maybe, maybe I need some money for Christmas gifts. Maybe I'm saving to go on vacation and they can volunteer to be showing partners as well. If for whatever reason, they're not as busy and uh, it, it works out really well for if you've got a big team and yeah. I can't emphasize how much that's changed our business in the last 18 months. Huge. That's fantastic, Brian. All right. So I have a call and now I can play it from the very beginning because uh, she has self-identified herself on this call. <laughs> there you Let's go. play this. The reason that I want to play this is because I can tell from listening to it, she's not sure where to go. 
Uh, and in fact, Lori, if you want to chat in any specific questions or difficulties that you had with that call, I'll be sure to address it as I check that out. Okay, but I'm going to go ahead and play this. And it's not a, it's not an easy one. So I want to give some guidance on where to go, how to direct the call, and how someone like myself and you know obviously Brian, how we would hear this and how we would deal with it. Hi, Jerry. This is Laurie with the Schmitz and Smith Group in Austin, Texas. I wanted to thank you for oh. registering on our website. All right. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing all right. Good, good. We're glad, glad to hear that. fogging over. It's pretty cold <laughs> that up happens. here. Where are you? So, I'm uh, Missouri. Oh. So, that I just wondered you. if there was... Uh, if there's anything like investment condos in that town, something where you could buy it and rent it. Oh sure. Yes, okay. that was what. That's, is that what your primary what interest I, is? Yes. What What is behind that interest? Are you a uh, an investor in other real estate properties? Or? Oh, so I like how she didn't go off. Uh, Lori chatted in, pretty much all of it confounded me. Lori, I think you did a great job going to questions, not getting into trying to assess the real estate market in your area or give him what your knowledge is about it, not getting buried. You, you're doing good at putting him, making him do the talking, right? And asking him the questions. And I know because I listened to this before the call that you're going to run out of questions and not know where to go. So that's what Brian and I are going to help you with. I, we just sold 22 doors up in Missouri. Oh, cool. And yeah. Got, it, it, it's not all done yet, but it's closing in on it. But I'm thinking, well, I get, had a, an accountant figure out what my taxes would be, and it was not pretty. <laughs> So I'm thinking some kind of something maybe I could do a 1031 on or something. That was what, what I wrote down. Okay. That makes sense. Are you looking, um, what, what was it that attracted you to Austin? I'm just going to speed this up because the conversation is a little slow. I think it's cool town. I don't know. <laughs> Have you been here before? I, uh, just once. Well, we are among the hottest in the real estate market, so your instinct is good for that. Yeah, I, I don't really, I don't plan to live there, but I might take a couple weeks there, you know, uh -huh. as the owner of a condo or something. Okay, and so if you were to own a condo here, would you imagine doing a long-term lease or a short-term lease? Or I just don't know what, so I'm looking at Lake of the Ozarks. I mean, they have a lot of, they're quite a bit to buy right now. Looks out over the water and you, they can rent them by the night for you. Mm-hmm. So I, the package, is, there, any, is that, is, is that know. model, uh, is that model attractive to you? Yes. I think that would give a lot of flexibility. I don't know. I don't know if there's, even if it's possible, what I'm thinking about. I know so it's possible at the Lake of the Ozarks. Let's just do this. Let's say you have a blank sheet of paper and you can create the ideal scenario for yourself. What would that look like? Good job, Lori. Love, love that. Yeah. Like, that's like, let's cut the shit. Give me a full story here, will you? And, and I'm going to tell you this. Um, this is not out of the ordinary. 
you know, we, we hear thousands and thousands of hours of calls from all over the country. And there are especially vacation type areas. They get a lot of tire kickers, people who are curious. Alex says, wow, she's a pro. Look at that. Uh, shameless plug, Lori is in our conversion university training uh, yeah. with uh, and in our in our live calls. So I think she's, you know, not to take anything away from Lori, uh, but Alex, she she is killing it. She's doing really good. Um, especially in vacation areas, you get a lot of these tire kickers, you get a lot of these dreamer type of people. And at the end of the day, what you have to find out is when are you coming to town to check stuff out, right? Like, how serious are you? Will you actually be here? Uh, rather than just sort of, um, you know, asking me a bunch of questions over the phone. So that that's the other thing is, and I like what you did right there, where you're like, listen, you got to paint the picture for me, man. But the honest truth is, there is some there is some uh, level of I haven't figured this out yet that comes with a lot of people. This guy could be totally legit. He could have, uh, you know, the intention to purchase something, and he may actually execute on it. The problem is we have to figure out, are you a crackpot or are you just really early on in your discovery phase about what you're going to do? And a couple of ways we figure that out is, do you have the capability, the capacity, the ability, right? And will do, is there a likelihood that you're going to come here so that we can actually take a look at things or get our, 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 claw, our hands around you? Right, Brian? Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, we know that this guy's a serious investor whether he's going to be a serious investor in Austin, I guess, is the question. Um, he knows what a 1031 exchange is, or at least someone has educated him on some level. It was funny at the beginning of the call. That's what I wrote down is, you know, when you when you have 22 doors, I don't know what 22 doors in Missouri, where he's at are worth. But, you know, that's that's a significant even even at one hundred thousand dollars a door. That's a lot of money. They could be, dude, they could be like 20,000 a door yeah, on, the, on the neighborhood. You, you, never, you never know. Dude. You but never even know. At, okay, so even at $20,000 a door, you know, that's still, you know, he can buy a house or he can buy an investment property. So, yeah. and, you know, I, lo I love I love that, that, you know, she asked that question, but I think that um, I, I like it where she went with this. You know, we're getting great comments in the, in the, in the uh, chat that are saying, yeah, you did a great job. I agree. So, um, yeah, let's play a little bit more. Um, maybe a condo at 400,000. Is there such a thing? Uh, it depends on what part of the town you're most interested in, but yes, that's, there is. You just turned it back around on us. Let's see what happens. Such a thing. Is that about you your know, budget, budget you're taking? I, I don't know. Could, I could spend more, okay. but, uh, I mean, I can get a four bedroom condo out at the Lake of the Ozarks for 350. Nice one out on a point looking out over the water. So that's kind of what we're comparing to. Oh, okay. But I know. Well, I mean, there's no such thing here like that. Just I'm to be sure. blunt. <laughs> yeah, that's um, fine. I, and I didn't call you. you that, me, that, so. that doesn't mean we don't have good <laughs> investment opportunities. Um, it just depends on, you know, the, uh -huh. the type and location of. All right. So there was a tell there. Did you hear that guy? I didn't call you. You called you me. You called me. Yeah. So I'm going to say this guy just. Uh, moved himself very close to the circular file um, in terms of lack of motivation, lack of clarity, and then this like defensiveness uh, in terms of talking to us about it. So he's, he's a uh, offend. He just like took it personal that he can't get what he thinks he wants in Austin for, for what he can purchase in Lake of the Ozarks. So in a way, this is an objection, right? 
I can, I can buy a $350,000 piece of a condo sitting on a, on a point on the Lake of the Ozarks. And I'll be honest, I don't even want that house. I'm just kidding. There's nothing wrong with the Lake of the Ozarks. It's a beautiful place. But here's the thing. She can't have a conversation about $350,000 condos because she doesn't have one. So we have to shift the conversation called level shift. So what are, what are we going to try and do here is we're going to say, hey, I completely understand that, you know, property is a little bit less expensive in, at Lake of the Ozarks than it is down here in Austin. At the end of the day, is the purchase price what's important to you? Or are you concerned with return on investment? Are you looking at um, cash flow? Because there's a bunch of different factors when you buy houses. It's not just a cheapest because I can sell you a $20,000 house in Detroit and no one will rent it. So, you know, where, where are we going right. here? Switch the conversation so you can talk to something that makes sense that, that you can actually have a conversation about. And that's yes. called level shift. And I think that's a very important concept. So, and, and they're hard to do, and but you're stuck if you start talking about, about okay, yeah, you can buy a bedroom in, in a house in Austin for 350, you know, well, that's right. not good. You, yeah. So uh, to, to piggyback on that, uh, along with it is let's just change the terminology. Yeah, you know, there's some amazing rural property around Lake of the Ozarks that you can get real good value for. Here for urban property, the price range is a lot higher, right? Your money doesn't go as far. Um, and so if I think we can, if, if we can help this guy detach his emotions, because he just took it personally that he can't afford to buy in Austin. Uh, and you hear that in what he said. So we got to kind of diffuse him a little bit of property that you want to have. Right. And um, I guess if you're going to be spending some of your own personal time in it, I can see how you'd want it to be as ideal as possible. Right. Well, do you have a timeline uh, for when you'd need to do make the investment? No, we're waiting on a closing on this deal on, but it should be within a month. Then we'd have 40 days to find someplace to there spend some money. This is a question that I wanted to get in there, Lori, if you aren't aware. Uh, maybe you are on a 1031 exchange you have a certain period of time that you have to roll that money into a new purchase, which makes it difficult to do. Right. Um, so there's, there's two points. You have to identify it within a certain point and then you have to close within a certain point as well. So there's two dates that are become, that become relevant. Yeah. And so we want to ask, we want to ask the, uh, the lead if they know that and he does fortunately. Well, and okay. the funny thing is though, and I wouldn't correct him, but he's wrong. It's not 40 days. That's what is accurate, it? I'm pretty sure it's 45 or 60. I'm 100% sure it's not 40 though. So, okay. and that can give you an opportunity to bring value when you call them back. Hey, I was doing some research about a 1031 exchange. Just wanted to let you know, I talked to my attorney and they said that you need to identify a property within 45 days and close within 90. And I apologize for not knowing that stuff off the top of my head. It's been a couple of years since I've done one, but I know it's not 40. 40 has never been a number I've heard for a 1031 exchange. I would actually look at it slightly differently. I, it, that his error went in my favor. Mm -hmm. So I would leave it at 40, right? Until Fair he enough. figures out that it could be longer. That's how I, at least in this conversation, if I get him to start actually working with me, then I'll correct him. But at least, you know, for, to try and land an appointment or land a further conversation, I'm going to let him operate on a misconception that helps me. I like that. To qualify for the 1031. That makes sense. And uh, it, back to that blank piece of paper, a condo for 400K, possibly more. Um, how many bedrooms and bathrooms and are there specific amenities there? Yeah, so here, if we don't have condos for 400K, let's not even bother with it, right? At that point, I would have, instead of that question, I would have asked, got it. So 
Here, you know, a four bedroom or three bedroom condo is gonna range between this and this. Uh, and you, and this is if you know it, Lori, it's gonna range between this and this, you can probably rent it out for X to X. Is that something that's within your wheelhouse, within your budget, right? Because I just wanna, you know, I just wanna know whether I should move forward with this guy or not. And if in your market, since you're an ISA, if you're not, or if you don't have some basic knowledge of that, I would get that from your team leader or your boss, right? Just some basic metrics so that we can see, are you within strike zone or are you not? Yep. Uh, let me ask this, and this is the one thing of all the things that she's done, and maybe she does it later on in the conversation, but you've got to ask how much money the guy's getting from his 22 properties he's selling. Yep. Maybe he's getting $3 million. Maybe he can invest some of it in Lake of the Ozarks and some of it in Austin. I'm just throwing yeah. that out there. I don't know. I mean, he was pretty proud of the fact he had 22 doors. Well, be, he'll be probably be proud of how much he's selling it for too. Ask him, hey, out of curiosity, how much of this 1031 exchange are you, you planning on using in Austin? Or would, you know, are you trying to invest it all? Or are you going to just ask that question? Because why not? Yeah. Um, let's see. So uh, let's see how she closed this out. As an agent who specializes in concierge, my job is, if you don't mind, I'd love to just kind of Tell you who I am and, and the group I'm associated and what our what our process is. We think it works pretty well. Um, parameters and you can see a bunch of dots on a map and see yes, we do have inventory for that. So it's definitely possible if if that's something you're interested in taking a closer look at. Well, uh, let's just start with send me a couple and see what I think. Okay. Well, um, if you don't mind, I'd love to just kind of tell you who I am and, and the group I'm associated in, what our, what our process is. We think it works pretty well. Um, so I work with a Keller Williams group. Um, there are several agents that have lots of experience and, and knowledge about the Austin market. I am not one of them. I'm a client concierge and my job is to ask too many questions and try to really zero in on what's important to you, what your timeline is, what your budget is. And then I match you with an agent who specializes. So I don't like any of this. Okay. The reason why I don't like that, you're making it weird, Lori. Don't make it weird. You as the ISA, don't point out that you don't have the knowledge, don't have the experience, and that you're going to, quote, match them with somebody else, right? This guy didn't, nobody wants to be involuntarily sent to a matching service, right? That's not <laughs> what people want. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're not, this is not online dating. Uh, so what you need to present yourself as, we're just going to change your language. We're going to simplify it. I'm going to, I'm going to, Brian's going to be this lead. I'm going to talk to Brian in the same way that you did. I'm just going to change the language. So Brian, I have this criteria here. That's all great. You know what I want to do is I'd actually like to have you jump on a quick Zoom video call with my uh, investment specialist here in Austin, my partner. And they are in the streets every day in and out of these properties they'll have a better idea once they talk to you of properties that they could potentially match you up with that you might not find on the internet. Uh, I could probably have you guys talk either sometime this afternoon, maybe in the next hour or two, or would tomorrow say before noon work for you? Oh, probably better. Okay, great. So I didn't make it weird. I didn't devalue myself. I valued my partner who I work closely with, right? It's not weird. It's like the same conversation. You're staying within our knowledge bubble. And I'm not trying to tell you, uh, devalue who I am, and that I'm going to match you up with some stranger who you don't have any rapport with, if that makes sense. 
Well, so, I, I will say this. I'm going to piggyback on one thing that I like that she said. Sometimes as an inside sales associate, you're stuck in a box because mm -hmm. you're not able to answer questions because you're not licensed. So if you get stuck in that box, I like the fact that she didn't say, well, I'm an inside sales associate. That's God. a horrible thing to say. She, she did said, say concierge. Client mm -hmm. concierge. And so if you are forced to identify your job as an inside salesperson, use the term client concierge. It's a hell of a lot better than salesperson. So I really appreciated she went that way. But the guy kind of stuck her in a corner. He's like, you need to do this. You need to do that. And, and I love Dale's approach. But there's going to be times where you're going to get stuck in a corner. Like I listen to, you know, obviously Dale and I listen to calls to prep this. We don't just magically know one call and it doesn't work. We listen to a bunch before we get there. But I heard somebody you know, just using industry terms again, you know, inside sales associates, an industry term, or someone called and said, Hey, are you the listing agent? Well, you got it. You can't lie about that. I mean, you can, but we're, we're not definitely not advocating it. So no, I'm not the listing agent, but this is what I am. You know, I'm a, I'm a buyer specialist and I help buyers. Da, 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 da. I'm a client concierge. So I love that she did that. And, you know, I'll say to her, I don't know how long she's been in an ISA, but she's, did a fabulous job. That's a hard, hard call. The guy was next to impossible to build rapport with because he was like, rah, 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 you know, it's monotone. And, you know, that's hard to build rapport with because as salespeople, we're kind of up and da, da, da. And so to try and, you know, match and mirror him is hard. But I thought she did an amazing job with a grumpy old man, in yes. my opinion. So she did. Uh, Lori chatted in. Thanks. I had a feeling that part was weird. Happy to change that approach. Good. Yeah. So just remember, don't make it weird. Lori, you are a knowledgeable professional, whether or not you are licensed, uh, you just operate within the parameters of your licensure, but you are part of that team, you are part of that company, and you represent that team in that company. So uh, don't make it like you are somebody else, you are you are part of the team, and, and you can talk about them in that way. Excellent. Mm -hmm. All Somebody right. raised oh. their hand. I, I I sent him a message real quick in the, in the thing. I'm not sure it's Antonio. He raised his hand. I'm not sure if you have a question. I'm not sure if we have time, but... Uh... You know what, Antonio, do this. Email us, Dale at Smart Inside Sales or Brian at searchnwa.com. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, otherwise, we'll see all, everybody next week. We got to end the podcast now, but thanks for joining us. Thanks, everybody. Bye.